Welcome back to Revolutionary Health, the show that focuses on Black gay men's health and wellness. I'm Michael Ward. Make sure, as always, that you like, subscribe, follow, tweet, all of our social medias on Facebook and Instagram. We're at The Counter Narrative. At Twitter, we're at Building Desire. This week, we'll be continuing our COVID-19 series, um, as we did with the Doctors' Roundtable. We're going to continue with health professionals. We really wanted to get a perspective from nurses that are on the front lines of the COVID-19 um, era right now. So joining me this week, I have none other than the best person to talk to about this, Dr. Fields. I'll read a little bit about your bio. I know we normally just say introduce yourself, but it's such a comprehensive bio that I just want to clue the people in on the great person that we have on the show uh, with us this time. Um, and Dr. Fields is a lifetime NBA member, the founding president of the Greater New York City BNA chapter. He's a current NBA board of director and the NBNA health policy committee chair with over 29 years of experience in the health sector as an educator, a researcher, clinician, administrator, consultant, health policy specialist, and entrepreneur, business owner. So definitely the right person to talk to us about this topic. I just want to lead in a little bit with how are you feeling? How are you doing um, as you join us with the show? So I'm really happy to be here uh, to shine a light on the issue of nurses in the triumphant uh, job that they've been doing. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the challenges and what needs to be done and how people can support nurses that are really the lifeline in the uh, uh, healthcare uh, infrastructure being the largest component of our healthcare workforce. You know, um, I've been a nurse for almost 30 years and I've never seen anything like this particular crisis that has really uh, pushed our resources. Um, so I'm really happy that, that we can talk about them in particular. And, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Definitely, Dr. Fields. We're happy to have you here as well, too, to lead this discussion as far as the heroes that are on the front line um, with nurses. So I just kind of want to begin a little bit with um, the town hall that I saw that you all had as far as with um, mm -hmm. black nurses. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the town hall, what you all discussed, the issues that are facing nurses right yeah. now? So the Greater New York City chapter of the National Black Nurses Association um, is uh, at the epicenter of what's going on, um, being that the pandemic is so focused in New York City. Um, in that particular chapter, its members work all throughout the boroughs and throughout various healthcare systems. And we were hearing from our members at the time about the various challenges that they were having. Uh, so we convened uh, a series of town halls, virtual town halls, to give voice to these nurses. Um, and we've had two of them so far. The first one was just sort of a general what's going on, you know, tell us about what you're seeing in the facilities, because people really needed to vent, they needed to share. Uh, there's a lot of stress going on amongst the nurses, um, and they needed an outlet. The, uh, and that was in early April when we had the first one. The second town hall was just this past Wednesday, and we did the same thing. Uh, people were telling their stories, their testimonials of actually being on the front lines, you know, fighting against COVID-19. And we also invited some of our uh, elected officials to talk with us. And it takes, um, I think it spoke very well for our elected officials that took their time to come 
and speak to some of the issues and, and really let the nurses know that they were hearing them. Um, and, you know, I am the health policy chair for the National Black Nurses Association, and I help to organize our National Day on the Hill uh, in Washington, D.C., which is in February, Black History Month, where we go and we speak to our legislators. So, and I'm a, a Robert Johnson Health Policy Fellow. I worked for Senator Barbara Mikulski during the time of the passage of the Affordable Care Act. So I have a, a large background in health policy. So, so one of my colleagues asked, it's like, how did you get elected officials to come speak with you? I was like, they, they realized they needed to come talk to the nurses because they were really surprised that our senior senator here in, in New York, uh, Senator uh, Chuck Schumer, Charles Schumer, was actually on the call. They were like, how did, he, how did you get him on? Well, you invited him. Um, one other really important voice was uh, Representative Lauren Underwood. She represents Illinois' 14th district. And someone's like, well, why, why, would, why would you invite a politician from Illinois? Well, Lauren Underwood is a nurse. She's an African-American nurse, the youngest African-American ever elected to Congress, the second black nurse in Congress, and her whole agenda is health care. So, so it was really important that Lauren Underwood came and spoke to uh, the town hall meeting as well to give us an update about what is being done to push federal uh, legislation and laws to really help support our nursing workforce. So we had a great, those were great outlets. Um, and it's only part of the work that we're doing with the National Black Nurses Association. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. But those, but those, those particular town halls were really important, and we are going to have a part three to, to voices uh, from the front lines that we will also put on uh, uh, sort of mid-May, um, and we'll invite you to uh, to come and hear that one as well. Definitely, um, because I think um, as well with these town halls that they are highlighting a lot of the challenges which you'll yes. um, discuss and things that are facing nurses, um, and as well the bigger picture. Um, of COVID-19 definitely affecting Black people at alarming numbers. So within these town halls, and as you are proceeding with your day-to-day -day with some of those challenges, like um, nurses not having adequate protective equipment or yes. uh, mental health services, all of those things, uh, what can you tell me about those kind of challenges and maybe some of the solutions and resources that you all have? Yeah, so let's review some of the challenges, and, and I wrote down an entire list. I'm here <laughs> so, for it. Come on, let's go. You know, um, let, let's start with work with nurses uh, at the beginning of the epidemic, uh, the pandemic, not having the appropriate or uh, the proper personal protective equipment, or what we call the PPE. And people need to understand, we're talking about the masks, the gloves, the, the face shields, the goggles, those things that the nurses really needed to protect themselves. And a lot of nurses at the beginning didn't have, have the proper uh, equipment. So they were, getting, they were getting exposed, they were getting sick, they were dying. Um, and that became a really big issue. You know, nurses are being overworked. They're working long hours uh, and not being able to go home after for fear of infecting their family. Uh, so, you know, the inappropriate work assignments. You know, a lot of people think that a nurse is a nurse is a nurse. Well, a lot of the care that the COVID-19 patients are requiring is what we call ICU-level care. 
that's intensive care nursing, you know, and it is a specialty. You have to be trained to provide that level of care. And not all nurses are ICU nurses. So we're hearing stories of nurses being pulled from, you know, you know, like a maternal ward that was shut down because people, you know, um, aren't necessarily coming to the hospital for like elective surgeries and things like that. So nurses are being inappropriate, re inappropriately reassigned. Uh, and that's causing a lot of stress. You know, I'll give you a good example. You know, there's a whole bunch of folks that we call advanced practice nurses. I'm a family nurse practitioner. So I haven't worked in a hospital in years. And one of my colleagues who's also a family nurse practitioner in New York City is working for one of the big hospital systems in an outpatient setting. And, you know, he, he works in GI uh, and he does, you know, diabetes care. So they closed down his clinic and the hospital system said, okay, well, we're going to redeploy you in, back into the hospital system. And they gave him a four-hour training, and they expected him to go and cover the neonatal intensive care unit. That's, that's caring for the sickest wow. of the sickest of, of infants and babies. And he refused the assignment because he felt he wasn't properly trained. And he was right. Um, and he was threatened to be fired um, uh, for that. So that's the other thing that's happening. Nurses are being furloughed and they're being laid off um, inappropriately. So, so, you know, no nurse should have to worry about whether or not their job is in jeopardy or because when they come back from um, sick, uh, being sick, uh, 14 days of being quarantined mm -hmm. um, after, you know, uh, not having the ability to get tested themselves, you know, you hear a lot about the lack of testing. Well, we weren't even testing our healthcare providers who were on the front lines. So people, so the nurses weren't getting access to, to, to test themselves. And, and these are people who knew they were exposed. Mm -hmm. So when then when they finally get tested, they go out they come, and they're being forced to come back and, and immediately after 14 days, well, some of them are not ready to come back, but they're not being guaranteed their jobs. You know, and being seen as a hero and, and being seen also as a potential vector at the same time is, is confusing to some people. There's lots of talk about, oh, and praise and, you know, uh, clanging of pots to celebrate nurses, but, right. but, but that's only one side of it. There's also a lot of people who are fearing nurses because now, oh my God, I don't wanna be around you because you, you, you're working with those patients. You know, and we, and we, that was a very similar thing if you harken back to, you know, when we were taking care of HIV patients in the early days um, and potentially, you know, being socially ostracized for working with those patients. So you hear some of that rhetoric come back up again. Then I want to be really clear about one thing. You know, our nurses are dealing with an overwhelming amount of debt and, and, and patients are dying. And... These, um, these nurses are the only people at these people's bedsides. So they're having to be their surrogate family while, you know, and all of us who are nurses have had patients die. I'm not saying that that's, that that's particularly unusual. What I'm saying is the volume in which patients are dying, the rate at which they were dying is really um, overwhelming. And um, the nurses are the ones that, that are being there to witness these patients as they take their last breaths. And this is leaving emotional scars and leaving the nurses traumatized. The nurses need mental health care themselves. You know, who takes care of the caretaker? 
Um, and those services aren't being offered the way in which they need to be everywhere that they need to be. Now, the last thing, you know, uh, one of the things is a lot of the nurses also are, are really fearful because they, have, they still have their families to take care of. You know, none of, this, none of the other things in their lives really stopped. You know, a lot of them also have kids that, that are now home. So how do you balance your family life with your work life uh, that is uh, ratcheted up to the point where, um, you know, you, you really are burning this candle at, at two ends. And then I'll say just one more thing in particular. And that is to the nurses uh, in the Black and Latino communities and nurses that are Black and Latino themselves. You know, there's an extra burden. You know, nurses are the most trusted healthcare workers that we have. And a lot of us are the surrogate healthcare providers for our entire family. You know, sometimes we're the only healthcare provider uh, in our family. So we're having to answer a lot of questions from fearful relatives, community members, uh, taking care of the community, you know, trying to, you know, also provide that care for that elderly person in your community that you know need it. Um, so it never stops. It really never stops. And um, it, it, it's starting to, to burn out a great number of people. So those are all of the challenges. Now, what can we do? Yes. First and foremost, federal legislators need to, in the next round of COVID-19 uh, funding, provide for a means of hazard pay for nurses on the front lines. These nurses should, should be compensated appropriately. Um, and it's not being done uh, consistently across the country. We must absolutely ensure that all nurses have the appropriate access to PPE. No nurse should be forced to work without the appropriate attire. We need to ensure that all healthcare institutions that take federal funds through the CARES Recovery Act and any other federal program not be allowed to furlough or lay nurses off. They should not be able to double dip. Those are our tax dollars. And we need, we still need to have an appropriate healthcare infrastructure. And key to that, the foundation to that, are the four million plus nurses in this country. That if if they were to walk out of every healthcare facility in our country for ten minutes, the system would collapse completely, wow. completely. So they shouldn't have to worry about their jobs. We should extend sick leave and provide mental health services for all nurses without uh, them having to go into their own pockets to do so. A lot of that mental health work can be done, you know, like in, in, in forums like this. It can be done virtually, you know, in private where nurses can just have a, a place to vent. Um, there are a lot of healthcare, uh, mental health care providers who can help us do that work. Finally. We need to donate directly to, to, to organizations that are directly supporting nurses. You know, there's a lot of uh, organizations out there collecting money, supposedly, you know, to help uh, uh, with the efforts. But 
there's some financial insecurity uh, that nurses are having. Um, and organizations like the National Black Nursing Association. So I encourage you know, people to go to our website at nbna.org or directly to the website for the Greater New York City chapter uh, of the Black Nurses Association, which is GN, uh, gnycbna.org. And on both of those sites, you'll see a donation button. Um, we will get those funds directly without any middleman to nurses working working on the front line. And those are the things uh, that we can done specifically for, for nurses. The things that we can do generally, that everybody can do, because if we do this, we make the jobs of nurses easier. And if you have the ability to stay at home and continue the social distancing and the you know physical distancing um, that has been recommended. Listen to the scientists and the other healthcare professionals. But you know people have to really take uh, and think. You know what is going to be in the best interest of themselves and others. Um, when you're out in public, you know start to wear your face coverings because it really is about you know, trying to do as much as we can to, to stop the continued spread. Uh, wash your hands, um, use hand sanitizer. Um, and finally, you know, uh, be your brother's keeper. You know, we have to do a lot uh, to help ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, if, you, if people are looking to our federal government for the savior and help, and it's not coming, uh, we have learned as black people as gay people, we got to help ourselves, and we're used to doing that. So help yourselves, help your brothers. You know, everybody knows somebody who is probably uh, suffering in one way or another. And for those of us who have, we need to be more diligent about um, being able to prepare an offer. And the last thing I will say, in November, vote like your life depends on it, because it literally does. Because it does, yeah. Yes. Yes, definitely. I thank you so much uh, for giving us those challenges, for laying it out beautifully, as well as resources and ways that we can help um, you and other nurses that are out there. Because I think it's very important, um, as we said, continuing off the doctor's roundtable, that we bring you in as well with nurses. As you say, mm -hmm. if they step away for 10 minutes, everything will collapse. So I think that's very important. As well, like you say, of giving us those resources to donate to people directly, because a lot of it is unfortunately having to save ourselves with broken systems and politicians. So I think, as you said, um, as we started the video, it was a perfect form in these town halls to bring in elected officials, know who your elected officials are, even if they aren't in your city, your state any of those things, but have the experience, the breadth of knowledge, all of those ways. And especially while we're at home and you've got time, to attend virtual town halls, to attend um, any of these forums or send your senators messages, all of these things to uh, make sure that you stay active as well. But I, I definitely um, want to continue this conversation. I know we're getting the side um, here as well. Um, just want to say, is there any last thoughts, any feelings, anything that you want to leave with everyone? You know, I just really want to say, um, everyone, do what you can to protect yourself. 
If you know a nurse personally, thank them. They don't hear it enough. Uh, support them in any way that you can, uh, particularly the Black and Latino nurses because they're getting it doubly, not only at work, but in the communities where they live, work, and play uh, that, are, that are also disproportionately impacted. Um, we we, we got to make sure that we're supporting them. And thank you for, again, for the opportunity to talk about nurses. You know, as, as a black male nurse and uh, uh, someone called me a unicorn, you know, we, we really are we really are a minority within our profession. And, you know, 2020, the World Health Organization declared this year the International Year of the Nurse and Nurse Midwife. And May 6th, uh, this coming week, is National Nurses Day. Uh, so there'll be a lot of, of stuff online and virtually to celebrate nurses on that day. The National Black Nurses Association will be putting out some stuff as well. So this is National Nurses Week coming up. So this is yes. perfect, absolute perfect timing. Absolute perfect timing. And the perfect yes. person for the show as well. So thank you again, Dr. Fields. Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And thank you as well for everyone for watching another episode of Revolutionary Health. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram at The Counter Narrative. Uh, Twitter, we're on Building Desire. Um, leave your comments, your suggestions, any people that you know as well that are in the healthcare industry, ways that we can support um, so that we can spread this love around. And as always, be good to yourself and take care and wash your hands. Bye, y'all.